Good morning and welcome back to Alger Assembly of God. Welcome back to our series. It is 2020 Vision. So our, our series scripture we'll put on the screen for you. It is Proverbs 29, 18. We've looked at that uh, these last couple of weeks. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. And we're looking to have God's given vision for our hearts, our lives, our homes, our families, and for our church and ministry as we see to become all that God has for us. So many of you have been with us these last couple of weeks. Maybe you've not been able to be with us each of the weeks. So just a, just a brief review for uh, what we've been looking at. First of all, what we've looked at is where are we now? Where are we now? What, what we've seen is if we take a look at where we are, and, and whether you're looking at uh, attendance figures or finance, uh, financial figures, you're looking at ministries or people getting plugged in, connected, and involved in ministry, We've said there's a number of different words or adjectives. We might use words like struggling or challenging or honestly at times it could be discouraging if we take a look at where are we now. But that's not where we are headed. That's not where we are going. We took a look at that big chalkboard, put a little dot, a little circle, and everyone could see the chalkboard Everyone could see the little dot, and what we said was, listen, there's a whole lot more on this chalkboard to be filled in, a whole lot more in store of what God has for us as a body, us as a church, each and every one in our individual lives. So then we took a look at where are we going, and we, we shared a little bit about our Ohio for Jesus strategic plan, that's as a whole. And we shared about that's beginning here in January of 2020. And uh, the goal uh, throughout all of our Assemblies of God churches right now, currently about 280. And the goal is to make lots and lots, thousands and thousands of disciples, train up thousands upon thousands of leaders, increase missions, giving, and mission sending in our missionary units incredibly and to plant many, many churches. And we took a look at, at our slice of that. And so Alger Assembly of God, we are one of about 280 Assemblies of God churches and, and shared some of the, uh, the, the parts that we believe we can play in the vision. So when it comes to making disciples, we said there's a, a challenge before us. We believe God can use us to reach one new disciple every single week over 10 years. Add that up, that would be 520 new believers, new disciples. As well, we're believing to train and equip one new leader each and every month. That could be for ministry, that could be in, in, in pastoring, that could be in missionary work, that could be in the local church body here, getting involved and plugged into our ministries. One person each month over 10 years is 120 new leaders. The challenge before us, our slice of the missions puzzle is this. We're believing with God's help to increase our missions giving 10% each year. As together we increase our giving, as together more people connect and give, as together we reach people, and they would be able to give as well, we believe we can continue and increase 10% each year. And as we do that, that means a number of things. We'd be able to add on new missionaries 
or increase some of the giving to missionaries or increase some of the giving to uh, special missions projects, but a great opportunity of investing in missions. And then finally, our part of that is something that's not been done in the 70-plus year history of Alger Assembly of God. Across the state, Ohio is looking to plant 1,000 new churches in 10 years. And our part of that, we believe, with God's help, to either plant or partner to plant in two over 10 years. Every single area, every single aspect of that is massive. It's mammoth. It's faith-filled. And it only happens as God helps and as God equips and as God empowers. Reaching 520 disciples requires God. Training 120 leaders requires God. Increasing missions year after year after year requires God. And planting or partnering to plant churches requires God. It's that partnership of God working in us and through us. Came across this Helen Keller quote. Helen Keller, uh, blind and yet uh, had been used to do quite a, quite a number of things in her lifetime. It's an interesting quote. As a blind woman, her quote was this, The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. And so we're believing for this vision from God, certainly partnering with our state, partnering with the Ohio for Jesus plan, as well as having a God-given, specified, clear direction and vision for Alger Assembly of God and for our individual hearts, lives, and families, we believe God is giving not just sight to see, but a God-given vision to accomplish. So what is our vision? We, we shared that at the end, and, and last week we began the first step, but it's fourfold. It is to connect, grow, serve, and go. Four simple verbs, four simple actions. It's a part of the Assemblies of God uh, teaching and training of the Acts 2 sessions and resources. Connect, grow, serve, and go. It's short, it's action-packed, and it rhymes. So, you know, we're going to be hitting these and, and revisiting and re-mentioning. And uh, about the time that you think you've got it all down, we're going to keep reinvesting and re-mentioning to get it not just in here, not just, yeah, I think I kind of got it, get it in our hearts and lives as we live it out. So last week, we began by looking at connect. That was that first segment, that first action verb. What's the, the vision that we believe God would have us to do? So under Connect, we looked at engaging with our community, utilizing our facilities, worshiping God, and fellowshipping one with another. Those are all some pretty important components of connecting. It's not just connecting with those who don't know the Lord, although we need to make sure that we do that. I did have coffee last week. Even let me serve a little bit. Hopefully, you connected in some way with your community. So it's not just connecting with our community, but let's not leave that out. Because sometimes we can be good at fellowshipping and hanging out with one with another, those who we already know. Now listen, that's a part of our connecting. It's good to connect with. It's good to fellowship one with another. But there's multiple components. 
So we connect one with another in fellowship, and whether that's in the church or outside the church, that's good. But don't forget about those who don't know the Lord in our community. How do we connect? How do we engage with them? And as well, certainly it's out and about, but it's also here within our church and our church facility. We can utilize our, our building, our facility, the resources that we have here. And as well, it's, it's not just connecting one to another and not just connecting to those who don't know the Lord. It's connecting to God in worship and praise. So all of those are some pretty important components of connecting. But once we connect, as we seek to, to reach out and connect to our community, and we seek to reach out and worship and honor and connect to God, and we connect one to another, and whether that's out and about or in our facilities, we shouldn't just stay the same. We should be growing. So that's the, the next segment, connect, grow. That's what we're looking at today. And the scripture here in 2 Peter 3.18 says, you must grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's this growing process. Now, every single one of us have been born. Good news, bad news. We don't quite look like the way we did when we were born. When you were born, you were, you were a little baby. You were, you were held in, in a mother and father's arms. But physically speaking, you and I, we grow and we develop day after day and year after year and, and physically and mentally and spiritually and all kinds of different things. We don't stay in the same place. Now, in the midst of sometimes a, a challenging and a crazy world, you might wish you could kind of go back into a you know, a little baby basket and, and have someone kind of rock you to sleep and hand you a bottle of milk whenever, you know, whenever you want. Just kind of raise a little fuss and they, they come right to your rescue. We might, we might wish we could kind of go back to the, the simpler, easier days of life. But the fact of the matter is what? We grow, we develop. Physically, you know, that, that little child grows and, oh, Parents are so excited about those first wobbly little steps, right? I mean, think about this. A little baby takes one step forward, falls down, and everyone goes crazy. And yet in many other things in life, we really don't care. The goal is we should be growing little by little, step by step. And so spiritually... We want to connect with those who don't know the Lord and, and give them opportunities to come to know the Lord, give them opportunities to worship God, give them opportunities as we connect one with another. But why are we here? What's a, a main part of the vision of Alger Assembly of God? Not just to connect, but now to grow. So that's what we're going to be looking at this morning are these components of growing. So it's not an all-inclusive list. But the things that we're looking at this morning, these are some main categories, some main components of how we can and should grow in the Lord. All right, so first of all, as we grow, I believe that we can study faithfully. Study faithfully. Study the Word of God. Study the Bible faithfully. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, study to show yourself approved unto God. 
a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. It requires that we study, that we dig into this word of God and grow. One chapter later, 2 Timothy chapter 3, we read this about the word of God. Verse 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. God's word is inspired, God-breathed, and it's powerful. It's useful for all of these different types of things. We are to read and learn and study and dig into this so that we can what? Be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Acts chapter 17, verse 11 it says, now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. They were noble. What, what, what made them noble? What, what gave them this incredible character? It says, not just that they received the word with great eagerness. That, that's important. As we receive God's word, hear it and receive it with eagerness. Let me, let me just uh, clue you in on a little bit of a secret. When you're all down there looking up here, and I'm up here looking on you down there, I see all kinds of faces. Some of them are positive, uplifting, smile as in, man, you are receiving it with great eagerness. Some of you, I'm not sure what's going on. But you see, the noble character wasn't just that they received it. It's one thing to receive a message. It's one thing to receive what a pastor preaches or a teacher teaches. That's good, and that's important that we receive it, even that we eagerly receive it. But beyond that, Beyond being someone who's there, beyond being someone who's faithful, beyond being someone who hears God's word and says, yes, I, I was in Sunday school. Yes, I was in church. I heard the message. Beyond that, there was this great, noble character, and it specifically states that they examined the scriptures to see if what Paul said was true. But how did they examine the scriptures? They did so every day. It wasn't just a, a one-time thing to go, oh, what was that one thing Paul was saying? I think it was from one of those Old Testament prophets. Anybody have a copy of that? They, don't, they didn't have all of the incredible exposure and opportunities of God's word that we have in multiple formats. They were examining every single day, digging in to make sure what was being taught, what was being preached, lined up with the word of God. So a part of how you and I grow, not just to be able to, to attend, not just to be able to receive a message or a teaching eagerly, but digging into God's word and doing so every day. Now, we'll, we'll get to this in just a moment here under this first thought, but each of these aspects, each of these areas of growth really are going to have two different parts or components. There's that personal component things that we can do to grow on our own in these specific areas. But then there's a, a corporate or a church-wide component. 
that we can grow by doing some of these things together. So when we talk about studying faithfully, when we say personally, we ought to have a daily, regular, faithful, personal time in God's Word. We've, we've mentioned, um, this is one of the very first things from the very first year of being here at Alger Assembly of God, is simply crafting and creating and, and just duplicating on a copier some Bible reading guides and opportunities. So I'll mention them one more time. We, we had the 2020 plans. These have been copied and readied for you by mid-December or so. If you've not gotten one yet, they are helpful. There's three different ones. Two of them that are a little smaller and folded. This one has four daily readings. This is the one that I follow, although I don't necessarily read each reading each day. I might bounce around a little bit, but this is the one that I use as my guide for daily readings. This particular one has two daily readings. So you typically would have uh, Old Testament or, or New Testament along with uh, some of the, the prophets or uh, some of the uh, wisdom literature like Psalms or Proverbs, but two different ones each, each day. Both of these have 25 readings per month. So that gives you a little bit of a, a little buffer time, a couple of days uh, where maybe if you have missed, uh, you've got a little bit of built-in buffer there or give you an opportunity to get ahead a little bit or, or review something. Then this large, full-size sheet is the 2020 Bible Reading Guide, and it's just straight through the Bible, Genesis all the way through to Revelation. If you'd like to read through the Bible in order, but you'd kind of like to make sure that you get through in a year, grab one of these. Uh, it is reading a little something every single day, and you can grab one of these plans. As well, digitally, many of you would have a smartphone, you have a, a tablet uh, of some kind. You can log on, get the Bible app. It's put out by Uversion. It's Life Church. Uh, it's a, a church that's out in Oklahoma. They've created this app uh, many years ago. Millions and millions of people have downloaded and used it. Uh, that's what I use each and every day. When I read through the Bible, I read through on my iPad, my tablet. But you can read through multiple versions, multiple translations. Many of them have audio. You can simply, with the tap of a button, let, let it read it to you and follow along. They have multiple plans. I mean, we've got three printed plans, and you could grab one of those, put it inside your Bible, or, or put it in your home. If you've got a smartphone or one of those smart devices, and you log on to this particular app, You've got many, many, many more plans of how to read through the entire Bible, as well as many plans on how to read through a portion of the Bible. You're wanting to read through a book of the Bible, or you're wanting to read through the Old Testament, or the New Testament, or this segment. There are plan after plan after plan after plans available for you to select. So there's many offer, uh, opportunities, many offerings of ways to read through God's Word personally. Um, as I mentioned, this is my particular plan. Uh, Autumn made this, uh, this is a little case for my case. If you can't see that, Bonnie, it says Go Bucks. There we go. I'll bring it closer if, if, you, if you like to, to get that nice, nice and close to you. But I have that, my Bible reading guide. You can take a look at that anytime, any week. Uh, but I've got that in there as I read through each and every day. As well... Then you've got daily devotionals. We've got the Our Daily Bread devotional. 
paper copies available in the foyer. These are free, three months at a time. Uh, this current one goes through February. Next one will begin in March. You can grab a, a copy of this for free. It gives you just a little reading, a little teaching or devotional, maybe a couple questions. So it's another way that you can get into God's Word. As well, that Bible app through version. thousands upon thousands of devotionals. There are some that uh, are related to Christian songs, some that are written by Christian authors, some that are written by pastors, and all kinds of people. You can search by topic, search by book of the Bible, search by theme, and everything is located right there in that app for you. Read the Word of God, read the teaching, have some, uh, some prayer or question opportunities. So there are many different ways for you to read through the Word of God. I invite you to do so. Personally, uh, this will be uh, the 21st year in a row documented. I know I read the, the Word of God through multiple times before that, uh, but in the year 2000, I started recording which version or which translation. So though I've read before that multiple times, I don't know how many times or how many years. So this will be the 21st documented year in a row. I'm reading through in a different translation. This will be the 10th version or translation that I will have completely read through the Word of God. That's just a, a personal thing for me, reading through in, in multiple versions, translations, seeing different things from uh, different interpretations and points of view. So I want to personally challenge you. What can you do to get into God's Word? Some of you, maybe you'll take up that challenge to read through the entire Bible this year. Some of you, you might say, well, I'm not sure if I can do that. Read faithfully, read and study on a regular basis. Maybe you'd make a goal to read through the entire New Testament this year. Or read through the Old Testament or, or read through a particular portion of God's Word. Or maybe uh, you're going to grab one of these devotionals and that's, that's going to be your beginning, your start to get into God's Word on a regular basis. Do so personally. But as well, we can do some studying together. There's opportunities to study God's Word here as a church in Alger Assembly of God. Sunday school discipleship at 9.30, different ages, different opportunities to go through the Word of God, go through some teaching, go through some discussion, and learn in God's Word together. Sunday evenings, our adults in a Bible study and prayer time, girls and boys ministries, and other assorted opportunities throughout the year are ways where collectively you can grow. Collectively, you can get together with somebody else to hear God's word being taught or preached or discussed. The encouragement is to study God's word faithfully. We can do so personally and we can study together. There's a second component, a, a second key way that I think we can grow in our 2020 vision. Not just study faithfully, but pray regularly. Here's what Jesus taught in Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 and all the way through as he leads up to probably one of the most famous prayers is the Lord's Prayer. But Jesus says this in Matthew 6, verse 5, he says, And when you pray... Don't be like the hypocrites. Verse 6, he says, but when you pray, go into your room and close the door. Verse 7, he says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling. Jesus is 
teaching, and Jesus is trusting, believing, assuming, affirming the fact that you and I will pray. He says, when you, not if you or should you or maybe it'll happen, but when you do this, this is something you ought to be doing. It should be a part of your growth as a disciple, as a follower. So he gives some things to do and some things not to do. When he says, don't be like the hypocrites, he's basically saying they go out on the street corners and they just want people to see them. Prayer isn't about whether we're being noticed. It's communicating with the Father. And so he says, when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and, and pray to your Heavenly Father. So it's not so much about, do we, do we want to make sure everybody sees what I'm doing? Just do it. Just pray. And when he says, when you pray, don't keep on babbling. Like the pagans. He said, they, they think they're going to be heard by their many words. You can pray with a handful of words. You can pray with many words. But there's not magical potion words. The, the more times that we say God or Jesus or Father, it doesn't magically make it a better prayer. The, the bigger words that we use in our prayer doesn't make it a bigger prayer. He's just simply saying, pray openly and honestly and sincerely. Pray to God. So he says then in verse 9 and following, this then is how you should pray. And then he, he goes into the teaching, our Father who art in heaven, and he goes through the Lord's Prayer. And these are some of those components. These are some of the things that should be a part of our prayer time, he says. So it's not just that we should pray. He's believing that we will. He says when you pray, but we ought to pray regularly. Paul writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, pray without ceasing. Another version says, pray continually. Another version says, never stop praying. So the encouragement is, we should have this daily personal time to connect with God in prayer. Some people say, well, I don't know what to do or what to say or how to pray. Certainly, we can be open and honest with God. We don't need to have to try to impress him. We, we, we can't impress him by, wow, did you hear what I just said, God? Didn't that sound cool and impressive? We just pray simply and openly and honestly. Because here's what happens many times, either with new believers or younger believers or, or believers who maybe haven't developed a, a prayer life, they'll hear somebody else pray. And then that becomes their, their mindset when you pray you got to pray like this person. And I think, oh, I can't pray like that person. Because that person quotes all kinds of scriptures every time I hear them pray. I don't know all these scriptures, therefore I can't pray. Or they might hear someone else and, well, they use words. I don't really know what they are. You and I, when we pray, we can just pray open and honestly to God. Okay, so... I can just come and pray open and honestly. I don't have to try to pray like somebody else. But now what about the content of my prayer? Now, I've, I've preached this, taught this before. Many people have said it. It's a very simple teaching. If you've not heard it and you want to jot it down, it's the Acts prayer. A-C-T-S. 
Been around a long time, taught as a youth pastor, preached on it multiple times here. But if you're wondering, if you're not sure, what would be some components, what would be some parts of a prayer that I could pray? A-C-T-S. A stands for adoration. It's praise and honor and glory. It's worshiping God for who he is. Adoration. So spend some time in prayer adoring and praising and worshiping God for who he is. He's mighty. He's powerful. This is who he is. Adore, praise, worship. The C in the Acts prayer is confession. A part of our prayer can be, God, cleanse me, forgive me. I confess my sins to you. Make me clean. Make me pure. Make me holy. Make me right in your sight. So we praise and honor and worship God. We confess. We get to the T. It's thanksgiving. Not just praising him for who he is, but thanking him for what he has done. Not just that he's an incredible and a mighty God, but here are some of the things he has done with his might and with his strength and with his healing and with his provision. Verbalize and, and thank him for what he's done. Then the S, it's kind of that big word, but A-C-T-S, supplication. Basically, it means prayer requests. Now, if we're being honest, many individuals, this is kind of the component of the prayer where people pray. Because many times, when people get in trouble, when people get in a pickle, they turn to God in prayer. So many times, prayer is, God, help me! And that can be a part of our prayer, absolutely. But number one, let's not only pray when we're in trouble. Let's develop that and pray on a regular basis. It's not just, okay, I'm on my own. Okay, today's good, I'm on my own. The next day's good, I'm on my own. The next day, oh, it's terrible, now i got to turn to God. Pray regularly. But as a part of our prayer, Supplication, requests. This is where we, we pray for needs in our own lives. And then intercessory prayer is praying for needs in other people's lives. So there's a number of components of prayer. If you're not sure, begin just taking a little bit of time on each. And pretty soon you'll, you'll see that maybe that worship time, that adoring of who God is, extend a little bit. And maybe as, you know, Prayer and Bible reading often go hand in hand. You're reading through the Word of God and you're saying, man, this is who God is. God, I, I honor and worship and adore you. We're reading through the Word of God and, and we go, ouch, that kind of hurt, God. I, I need to confess some sins in my life to you. Or as we're reading through, you're reminded of, of the faithfulness of God and you're thanking Him for things He has done and praying about needs. So prayer and Bible reading can go hand in hand. Those are some just some little components of our personal time of prayer. But certainly, we've got opportunities as a church body, as, as a, a local body, to worship and prayer and seek God together. Many times, some of the groups or Sunday school classes have a time of prayer included. It doesn't necessarily mean it's the entire portion of a Sunday school class. Many times there's opportunity for testimony in a smaller group setting or prayer time and requests. 
a way to connect with some other individuals and seek God together. As well in our our service, the the goal is to create and and craft and have open opportunities of seeking God at our altars. As we get to the Word of God a little sooner in our service, get done a little sooner and then have this extended time, the goal is to little by little uh, work and train and develop some altar workers who even through that that uh, prayer time and maybe even through some of that worship time, it's an opportunity to come, be prayed for, have needs met and needs prayed for, to seek God, believe God, to do some things in your life or respond to the message and the word of God, an opportunity of praying together. Sunday night, we talk about it being an adult Bible study and prayer time. That 6 to 7.30, that's a long block of time. We use multiple things in there from often video teaching and scripture and discussion, but also closing to to provide this block of time to pray. Little by little, looking to incorporate that as some specific things to pray about, our 2020 vision, some specific needs and requests and, and desires of God to move upon hearts and individuals, families and church life. As well, we've had some corporate settings. We've called them prayer and worship nights here and there to continue to keep some of those things where we gather together, we worship together, we pray together, maybe a teaching on prayer, opportunities to pray together in the body of Christ. In both Bible reading and prayer, we can grow personally and individually as we read and study and pray, and we can grow together in the body of Christ as we read and study, hear God's word, pray together. So not only should we study God's word faithfully and pray regularly, but thirdly, we can fast intentionally. There's a key word, intentionally. Now in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is doing some teaching. He talks about giving, and he talks about praying, and then verse 16, he turns to fasting, And the way he words it, the way he phrases it is much the same way as giving and praying. He says, when you. So when you give, when you pray, when you fast, these are things that ought to be done. Verse 16, he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, not if, but when, put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. The main point of fasting is simply to fast. The main point of fasting is not to let everybody else knowing that you're fast, it's just to do it. So what is a fast? We've, we've taught about it. We've given some opportunities, a week of prayer and fasting or encouraging a, a little bit of an opportunity to fast. Fasting is a personal discipline where we give up food or, in some cases, other items in order to focus on and concentrate on God. The regular fast most times would be abstaining from food, maybe with the exception of some water or some juice or broth, but abstaining from that 
And then using the time for those meals instead to pray, worship, focus, seek God. The absolute fast, that's absolutely nothing. No food, no drink, no liquids. Typically that would be done on a a short-term basis. Certainly depending on some of your health categories, some of the uh, situations that you might be dealing with in your body, uh, the things that you choose or the direction that you might choose would need to be taken care of and and studied, maybe even with a a doctor's uh, advice. Some would call a type of fasting partial fasts. In other words, maybe not the full-blown no food and no water, but maybe it would be fasting or giving up a meal or giving up a a couple of meals or giving up a a number of different items over the the course of a day or two or three. It's a partial fast. But the overall purpose is I'm going to do without this to then focus on this. I'm going to give up food so I focus on God. I'm going to invest time in prayer and worship and seeking God because I believe God has something to be able to speak into my heart and into my life. A couple thoughts when it comes to fasting. Start slow. Sometimes the challenge is we say, oh, I'm going to fast for God. 40-day absolute fast, baby. Here we come. Probably not a good thing to do your very first fast. If you've not fasted before, start slow. Maybe God would lead you or nudge you to to maybe give up a meal on a day or maybe a meal for a couple different days. Seek God and kind of work your way up into something a little bit more uh, lengthy or timely. But don't just jump into a three or five or a ten day complete, total, absolute fast. Physically, if you do an absolute fast or if you, know, if you do a, a lengthy, you know, two, three, four, five-day fast where maybe it's just with liquids, you, your body has some physical changes. You might have some of those headaches, the, the, the food that you're used to eating, the sweets that you're used to eating, the, the drinks that you're used to drinking, all, all of those types of things. If you're limiting to maybe water, your, your body's maybe craving your coffee or your caffeine some food, you're, you're going to have some, some hunger. You, you'll get hungry. You don't eat. So there are some challenges with that. So don't jump into a three-day, five-day, seven-day, complete total fast. Start small. Another thought or principle is what fasting is, give something up. So as you're starting small, you say, well, what could I do? I could, I could fast one meal this week, maybe two meals Next week. At at some point, maybe I would work up to doing a full day. But make that plan what you would give up. Now, physically speaking, some of you might be a little bit more regulated on what you need to eat or the number of times you would need to eat. Maybe there's still some things that physically you could do to give up. Maybe in in addition to some of those minor alterations or changes, there's some other things other parts of our schedule that we could say, I'm going to give this up to focus on God. Typically, it's food, but there are other areas and and categories that we'd say, I'm going to give up this to focus on God. And that is the final fasting principle is focus on Him. It's more than what we do without. It's what we focus on. 
It's more than the meal we're giving up or you know, the, the breakfast we're giving up or that time of television we're giving up. It's more about who we're focusing on, and that's God. So when we say fast intentionally, that's what we mean, fast intentionally and with a purpose, not an accidental opportunity. This is not, oh, wow, I got super busy today at work, and, and, I, and I worked through lunch. Yeah, I must have fasted. Let me go pat myself on the back. It's not accidental I didn't eat, so I must have fasted, but it's fasting with a purpose. Going into this day, I'm going to fast breakfast, or I'm going to fast lunch, and I'm going to intentionally spend some time with God. That's an intentional opportunity. As we do so, we pray, we seek God, we read His Word, we spend time with Him. We're, we're tuning out the rumblings of our stomach, maybe a little bit of that, that lack of food, headache. Say, okay, I'm going to overcome through the, through the discipline. I'm not doing this so I can focus on and seek after God. So, personally, I'm going to fast an entire day this week. I'm going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you which one. I'm going to fast a, fast a day. Jesus said when you fast, don't make it so that everybody knows what you're doing. So you're not going to find me walking around going, oh, this is the day. Oh, pray for me, will you? Oh, my, it's today. I'm just going to do it. So one day this week, I'm going to fast a day. What might God lead you to do this week? Maybe to fast a meal? Fast a day? Fast a, something as a part of your life? But I encourage you to fast and to spend time with God. So that's, that's on the personal level. Now, certainly as a, a corporate, as a church body, there are times that we can fast together and, and I would look to see us not just this one time slot during this week to challenge and say sometime this week to fast but to set aside at a later time in the year a, a week of prayer and fasting with some designated prayer times or fasting opportunities even multiple times through the year with some teachings or a, maybe a separate night of worship or prayer or fasting but there are things that we can do certainly personally and then other opportunities that we could do where, as a church body, we would fast together and say, God, with this purpose, each of us collectively are fasting and seeking after you. Another area that we can grow. So we study faithfully, pray regularly, fast intentionally, and finally this morning, seek the Spirit intensely. Ephesians 5.18 says, Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, to be filled with the Spirit, well, we've got to be seeking after and desiring what God has, the power of the Holy Spirit. Intense times of personally seeking God, seeking the Holy Spirit. Incorporate that into a time of devotions. We're, we're talking about praying and talking about reading God's Word and, and incorporating some in, intentional periods or seasons of fasting, seeking the Holy Spirit, seeking the gift, the baptism in the Holy Spirit it is a gift for every believer. And, and it's a gift, guess what, that God can give even when it's not Pentecost Sunday. 
We'll emphasize it. We'll, we'll teach and preach Pentecost Sunday. But the gift, the gift is available every day, all year long for the believer. So let us seek the Holy Spirit. And as we are baptized and receive that gift of the baptism in the Holy Spirit, we can then seek to pray in that. Let that discipline be a part of our personal prayer time, personal time with the Lord, as well as then times of seeking the Holy Spirit together. Again, opportunities and our altars as we get done with our services a little earlier, have time to pray, have time to seek. It doesn't need to be a Pentecost Sunday that somebody could come forward and seek the baptism in the Holy Spirit and, and pray and, and believe that another believer would pray with them and encourage them. That can be done on a regular basis, on a weekly basis. Whether or not it's specifically called out at an altar time, these altars are going to be open for prayer throughout the worship time. These can be opportunities collectively to seek God and to seek the Holy Spirit. I do believe we'll have specific altar calls at times to preach on that direction or lead in that direction. But many Sundays, it's simply going to be an opportunity to come and seek. Are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? Come and pray in that heavenly language. Come seek the Lord. Are you seeking to be filled and to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? Come and seek the Lord. And then as well, much like some of these other areas, to, uh, to craft or pre, uh, create opportunities, perhaps of some teaching and or worship and or praying and seeking the Lord, maybe to, to specifically teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, have a season of prayer and believe that God is going to baptize and fill believers. I mentioned it multiple times since my trip to Tanzania. The Tanzania church has incredible and accurate statistics on their churches and their people. But on average, across the nation of Tanzania, their Assemblies of God churches have 90% of their individuals in their churches, 90% baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, the high point or the key point decades ago in the United States might have been maybe 50%. Today is probably anywhere from 10 to 20, 30% would be extremely high in some places and in some churches. So a Pentecostal Assemblies of God church with a small percentage of people baptized in the Holy Spirit, praying in the Holy Spirit, a part of that growth, a part of that opportunity for every one of us as individuals, for us as a church body, is to seek the Spirit of God and to do so with, with passion and intensity to say, God, you've got this gift and I desire to receive what you have for me. So study faithfully. What is going to be your plan in 2020? Maybe your goal is to read the entire Bible. Great. Get a plan, start, or continue, and let's finish this year strong. Maybe your goal is, is to read the Old Testament or read the New Testament or, or to read a portion of God's Word. Grab a tool, grab a devotional, grab a Bible reading guide and set a plan to say, here's how I will study faithfully.
Here's how I can connect with other people in a Sunday school class, in a Sunday evening opportunity, in some of these other things that are available. I will connect with others and grow. Secondly, pray regularly. What will be your personal plan to connect with God and to grow in prayer? Will you make that a part of your everyday life, your everyday devotion? Prayer and God's word, God's word and prayer. Maybe you use the ACTS prayer, A-C-T-S. Maybe you've got some other kind of process, but pray on a regular, faithful basis. God's word and prayer. What is the plan that God's nudging you for in 2020? Thirdly, fast intentionally. What will you intentionally give up in order to intentionally focus on God? The challenge is not necessarily this, this corporate seven-day fast this week, but it's a personal challenge. What might God lead you to do this week? I've mentioned, but what I will do at some point during this week, what might God nudge you? Fasting a day, fasting a meal, giving up this to focus on God. And then finally, seek the Spirit intensely. How will you seek the Spirit? What, what will this week, this month, this year bring as you seek the Lord? Are you a Christian who's been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Then incorporate that and pray in the Spirit on a regular basis. Are you a Christian who's not been baptized in the Holy Spirit? The percentages, the numbers in the American church in the United States here that there are a very low percentage of individuals who are. So if you're a Christian, you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, I want to encourage you personally and in a church-wide setting to come to seek and to receive that gift from the Lord. Study faithfully, pray regularly, fast intentionally, and seek the Spirit intensely. Intensely. 